As you're listening to this show, you're probably training for a race. But how dialed in is your race nutrition? Precision Fuel and Hydration has a free online planner that you can use to work out how much carb, sodium, and fluid you need to perform at your best. Brady regularly uses their resealable 90 gram gels on his longer runs. Click the link in the show notes to use the planner to personalize your strategy for your next race. Then use the code INSIDE to get 15% off your first order of fuel and electrolytes and help support the show. More details at precisionhydration.com. Now let's get to it. Welcome to episode number 324 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. We've got a big show coming at you. Pat Tiernan goes bang over at Houston. The Women's Road 10K world record goes down with an unbelievably quick time. We've got listener questions, some news out of Athletics Australia, uh, some patrons to thank, and all the other segments we do every other week on this podcast. Let me introduce my co-host for this week. He's based up in Canberra. He's a 217 man. Winner of the Christchurch Half Marathon back in 2018, 348, 1500 metre PB, the fastest Australian male with a loop recorder, and the head coach of the Mulligans Flat Track Club. Welcome to this week's podcast, Bradley Croker. Thanks, Brady. It's a uh, yeah, nice intro. Well, when you've only got one person to introduce Croaks, you can go a bit higher. We do not have a guest host this week. It's probably my fault because we're recording Tuesday during the day. We had a few people lined up, but the availability didn't work. Obviously, Moose is on road to Osaka. So it's just Croaks and I. I'm feeling a bit nervous, Croaks, but I think we can cover it. Now that we're all right, it reminds me of those days when we did some bonus episodes for Patreon, and it was just us two, just chatting. Yeah, and we did the um, Inside Mind episode. We did that as well. So we've, we've done a few of these episodes together. And until the, I didn't think we would have much to talk about this week. So I'm like, man, you'll be fine. And then we've come out with all these big performances, um, precision hydration. We're going to talk about some of their stuff as well. Massive thanks to those guys partnering with the show. You're not in Canberra, though. Where are you? Uh, so I'm down in Malua Bay, so near Batemans Bay. Um, yes, we're down here for four nights. I left on Sunday, back on uh, Thursday. So weather's not great, but the ocean uh, is warm. So um, we've still been getting down for a swim, and we're only a couple of hundred metres from the beach. So that's handy. And um, tell me, Brady, why are we recording on Tuesday? What did you have on yesterday? I went to the Australian Open yesterday, Croaks. I was in the super box, thanks to Lululemon. Geez, they do a good job looking after like their people. I get imposter syndrome whenever I go to a Lululemon event because I'm just like, why am I in here? Probably like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, I think there was 10 of us in there. Like you have your own waiter, free food, like amazing food too, free drinks. Um, Jess Stenson flew over for it, so it was great to catch up with Jess and see how she's going. She had baby Ali with her as well. So, 
yeah, it was rubbing shoulders with a few big dogs and um, didn't get back until about 9pm to Echuca last night. So it won't probably impact our public listeners because this will go at normal time. But sorry to our Patreon supporters for being 24 hours late, but we hope you enjoyed Road to Osaka early. Very good. It was good. The tennis games weren't that good. They went pretty quick. You know, it was like, problem. It's like first, second first day. Round. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you get to see a few, you know, a few big names, but they're just putting people away. Anyway, Craig, so let's talk about some running. What have you been doing? Let's recap this week of yours. Well, I reckon let's mix it up, Brady. Why, why don't you go first? You're the you're the real runner here. Now, okay, you put me on the spot here. I haven't got my Strava open. Sometimes I do actually write and not like write it out in like Monday to Sunday kind of format, but I wasn't that organised this week, so I'm literally just loading up my Strava now. Oh uh, yeah, Monday I was still in um, Geelong. Did you have heaps of rain Monday as well? Uh Oh, I don't know, because I'm on holidays at the moment. Every day sort of rolls into, and because I don't run. Oh, no, I did run last Monday. Um, yeah, I'm guessing we would have had a fair bit of rain. Yeah, this this run, like, it just didn't worry me. I ran on that um, troop loop. You know how Lee Troop's got a loop named after him, like, which is his bike path along the, I think it's the Barwon River in Geelong. I did cop some shit for not going down to the surf coast, do my easy runs down there, but... I had like four and a half hours in the car in the opposite direction, so I didn't really want to go like 30 hours there, do an easy recovery run, sorry, 30 minutes there, easy recovery run, 30 minutes back, so I just went solo on the troop loop, um, it's a real stock standard like bike path that goes next to the river, I reckon any town that's got a river has one of these bike paths, I know what I'm talking about. Um, the race was Saturday night, and then I took Sunday super easy, so Monday I felt pretty good, I ran a 16k at 4.29s, and then probably one of the hardest days driving I've had just like heaps of rain um there was the lake kind of outside of Bendigo in the Chuka direction had kind of um yeah flooded and then taken out a couple of roads so we had to kind of drive the long way around like we're going past towns that were like getting evacuated near like Ngambi and um Seymour places near there so it was kind of like pretty hairy trying to drive when you got you know full family in the car and the, the rain's absolutely hammering down but we got home all good. I did 7K in the afternoon at 4.33s. Tuesday, 18K at 4.29s in the morning. I would say I probably did strides there as well. In the afternoon on Tuesday, I was on the treadmill. Did um 7K at 4.50s. Just finishing Berlin. Have you got onto that yet? The money high stuff? No. No, I haven't started that okay. yet. Get onto that. So I'll finish that series and I'll tell you about a new series I've started watching on the treadmill. Hey, do you reckon I'm going too easy on the treadmill? Like, if I'm averaging, like, 122 heart rate, got to ramp it up no, a bit? No, I that's think that's right. fine. That's right, yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm loving it. I was saying to the monthly boys, I'm like, this is, like, they're the funnest runs of the week now because I just, this is no um, effort. Like, I just, I just get in front. I just pretty much feel like I'm watching Netflix. I don't know. I forget I'm yeah. running. So The thing I love about the treadmill is it actually forces me to have a recovery day because mm. you set the treadmill to that pace your heart rate then generally stays pretty consistent, yep. assuming it's not super hot. And, like, that's that's all it is for you. It's a pure recovery run. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, not trying to gain fitness from that one. Um, Wednesday, I did 3 by 5 k off a K float. This was pretty humid. I started it without a singlet on croaks, which is pretty rare for me. Like, usually I, like, start with a singlet on, and then sometimes I play mind games where it's, like, get the first rep done, then take your singlet off. So then you feel better. Do you do that? Like you feel better once you take the singlet off? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So it's almost like you'll feel better when you're halfway through the workout and you get to take your singlet off. Um, 
So I started with my singlet off, so it was pretty humid. Did three by 5K. This time I wanted to be a bit more conservative early because the week before when I did four by 3K, the heart rate kind of creeped up on me like very late, probably three quarters of the way through the workout. And it just wasn't a good way. I felt like I was just overreaching for something that should be um, kind of marathon effort. So went, yeah, kind of like 322s, 320s for the first one. Um, then a K float in 341, and then probably 319 average for the second 5K, a 342 float, and then probably 316, 317 average for the last one. Um, and it was just a better way to finish knowing I still had plenty of pop in the legs and could kind of like work it work it down a bit and the heart rate was good like averaged 162 for the whole workout and it was probably just getting close to like hitting 170 towards the end there when I was working it down so that was positive um because because of the weather do you still feel like towards the end of that session perceived effort was a bit higher than marathon pace or marathon effort because yeah your, your, your paces your paces were very similar to what you'd probably do if it was 10 degrees but, you know, you're obviously trying to run marathon pace, but, you know, when you're doing it and it's hot and humid, perceived effort's probably a bit higher. 100%. And that's what gives me confidence that I'm like, oh, I still can hit the um, time I kind of want to hit, but I'm really, that's, I'm probably running this in 10 to 15 degrees warmer with the humidity factor than it's going to be at Osaka. So, but that's why in the first one, when I was like, first K was 323, like the old Brady would have been like, we've got to get this down, we've got to run 319s, that's what you want to run on race day kind of thing and not factor in the weather, where I was happy to kind of work into it and then maybe push, like run the last couple of Ks at 312, 314s was definitely quicker than marathon pace and effort, but I was in a position I could do that because I was smart early on. Um, Talk us through your nutrition and and liquids and everything for that session. No, nothing for that one. So I just went like 8.5K out, 8.5K back. Um, so I didn't take anything other no than gels. no gels for that. Um, I did have like, I was sipping away in the morning on the, the precision, you know, like the dissolvable tabs for the electrolyte drinks. Yeah. I have one of those with like 500 mils beforehand, but no, I didn't have any gels in that one. Don't you think that's the session though that you should be taking on? Because you're at the gels? pace. Yeah. It was more so, I don't know, probably... If it was four by 5K, I would have. Mm. But three, I was like, I'm not going to tap in. Like, it was over in 57 minutes. Whereas the Sunday. Yeah, yeah but this but you're saying even, familiarize yourself with it. Yeah, but also just from a – I don't know if you saw um, Morgan McDonald's latest YouTube clip where he, he was actually fueling during a session. So he was on the treadmill and he was actually, yeah, like fueling. And it's like he's not even a marathoner. Like, he's, you know, training for 5 and 10K. And so – I still think there's value in, you know, fueling, especially for three by five k. So to like aid recovery and stuff as well, like he's topping up yeah, to I recover so. and, before and to maybe, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And to make the set, make the quality of the session a bit better. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about it to be honest. Um, I definitely did on Sunday. I'll get to that in a second. Then I did eight k on the treadmill in the afternoon. Uh, which makes my Thursday super easy, 12K in the morning at 4.40s. And then I drove to Melbourne because I had a dinner to go to. So um, I ran around Princess Park in Carlton. And, like, Princess Park is so underrated. Everyone in Melbourne runs around the 10. I reckon Princess Park is 10 times better than the Botanical Gardens. 
Are you agreeing with me? You ran around there? 3.2K yeah. flat. There's a little goat track. There's like grassy fields you can look at in the inside. Maybe it's just because I hate hills at the Botanical Gardens. So I don't know. It's beautiful to run around there. Yeah. So Never run there. So. Just next to Melbourne Uni. You never ran Princess Park. Could, but no. how many times would have you run around the town in Melbourne? Oh, not a whole heap. Like I actually haven't done that much running in Melbourne. Yeah, okay. Uh, went out for dinner at a very nice location. So this was like a little lemon as well. The um, Some city ambassadors. Got to meet Max Gorn. You know, the ruckman for Melbourne. Probably the best ruckman I in do. the AFL. Yeah, so sat across from him. I was just like, stay, stay cool, Brady. Stay cool. Do not get turned into a fanboy. Because, you know, I follow AFL pretty um pretty pretty yeah regularly so it was pretty cool he was actually really really nice and showed like a massive interest in running and um like the shoes like just asked heaps of questions about shoes and how we train and um things like that as well so the next morning i met up with zach and newman um a couple of uh, others who else was there maddie heiner was there um miles was there as well and the Mizuno big dog. Tom. Tom Hall was Tom. there as well. Yeah, so it was good to see Tom. Hadn't seen Tom for a while. So we just did an What's easy... Maddie he- What's Maddie Heiner up to? Is she running a lot? Oh, she, she is the smoothest movie getting around. Like, she looks like she's ready to lace up for, like, the Olympics. But I think she's just doing a lot of, like, yeah, social running. Just, yeah, going through the motions, just staying fit, social kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I don't, I didn't ask her exactly what she had coming up, but that was like an hour at 4.38. Then I went back to Moama, um, in the afternoon, got on the treadmill again for 7K. I started watching Boy Swallows Universe. You watch that? You read the book? Haven't you? No. Have you read the book? Neither. Read the book first and then watch it. Both are amazing. So, um, yeah, that was good. Uh, Saturday, 16K in the morning, 4.27s. And then in the afternoon, I did 30 minutes on the treadmill at uh, 4.49s. And then Sunday was the big one for the week. So this was like full, similar breakfast. Even did like similar basic white rice and a bit of chicken the night before for dinner. Um, Gels, drinks, about a 7, maybe 6.8K loop I did. Drinks on the back of the Kia to pick them up. Uh, the, the idea was to do 30k continuous at around about like 95% of my goal marathon pace. So I wanted to hit anywhere between 325 and like 328s. Mentally croaks, this is a hard one to get out of the car for when you're by yourself and you know you're kind of locking in for, for 30k of work. Got it done. Um, average 326s. I kind of went through a rough patch probably at about I don't know, like 22K. And when I say rough, it was just like, oh, this still feels like I've got forever to go when I still had 8K to go, 6K to go, something like that. And I'm just like, yeah, like aerobically, absolutely fine. Like if you look at my heart rate, average 160, got up to like 163, it's four at the end, but just kind of sat there perfectly. This is just beating the legs up, training the mind to get bored. Um, yeah, it was a bit cool, like it was 15 degrees, but a bit windy, 20k an hour winds, but I got some good tail winds and, and um, yeah, worked through the... When you're running 95% pace, it doesn't actually impact you too much, the wind, because you're not really... It'd be different if I was trying to run 3 minute k pace. Um, so, yeah, positive to get that done. Body held up okay. Um, gels went down re- really good, so I got the big precision hydration um, 90 gram pouch in. Like, looks like, have you seen it before? Looks yeah, like a yeah. yogurt pouch. Um, 
And that's like, we've cut this deal with Precision for the next couple of weeks, but it's very easy for me to review it because it's what I've used. Like I use this at Gold Coast. So um, 90 grams in one pouch. I'm pretty high carb burner. So I try, my goal is to get that down by the first half marathon. So like that, I put, I start with that in my hand and I've just got to sip on it for the first 21 Ks. And I always find it really easy to get that down in the first half of the race which is probably the most important because it sets you up for the second half of the race. Then I have um, three more 30-gram ones of the Precision ones and one with caffeine in it. So in this one, I got through the 90 grams and I got through the one caffeine one and I would have been pretty much ready. I probably could have ripped the second one, but it was like five minutes to go. I probably should have for the sake of just practicing it. And I also picked up three pop-tops um, where I split 500 mils of the electrolyte um, mix over three drink bottles. So what's that? 100 and... so 120, 120 grams of carbs. Yep, that's the, yep, that was the plan there. And then... In an hour 40-odd. Hour yep, and no um, carbs in the drinks. I was just getting the electrolytes through the drinks, which we got... Um, approved from BY the other day and we do get drinks so now I'll start looking at if I'm going to potentially maybe go with some drink mix I'm going to trial that in the next couple of weeks because that's now going to be available to us but um yeah if you're a if, if you're like a heavy burner of carbs like do you think you should be trying to get maybe more in than that because yeah more so I had I pretty much had 90 down in the first um hour and 10 minutes but then, yeah, okay. I, but then I only got 40 more in the next, like, 40, 45 minutes. So I've got to mm-hmm. – and I don't know if I've got to space that 90 a bit more. Like, I felt like it was easy to get it in early on, but by the time I was finished, I'm like, oh, my guts. I don't think – like, it just wasn't really – I think that's common with a lot of people that the longer you go, the harder it is to kind of get down. And well, that's where maybe I'll look for um, the carb mix later in the race. So I might go like the gels and the electrolytes early on, and then from 21k onwards, I might go for um, more of the carbs are getting in the fluids, getting them in that way. But we'll see. I but that's why you got to practice it. Yeah, and also find varieties good. Like mm. you know, if, if you're having 90 grams of the same stuff in that first hour, it becomes a bit monotonous. And I find you know mixing up the flavors of gels yeah. or having and that's why i really love flat coat flat towards coat. the end of the race yeah. because it's like it's something to look forward to it's away from it you know it's not a gel mm. so yeah maybe mixing up sort of the um the the carb mix which is obviously a fluid with the gels can sort of help yeah um yeah you know, it's not with it, digestion as much but isn't it taste fatigue though isn't there something in it like that yeah yeah, yeah i think so yeah because i just i just know when you're out you know running for what two and a half hours you're going to have these rough patches and you want something to sort of take your mind off it and something to look forward to and so having a having a variety of um you know different flavors or um you know fluids versus gels just sort of mix mixes things up and Mm. you know takes the monotony away from it all yep there's also um there's science around as well isn't there just putting it in your mouth and spitting it out so like getting like your taste buds like activated like even if you can't swallow it later in the workout or the race just swirling it around 
We'll have to ask the big dog when he comes on in a few weeks of precision hydration. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's something in that. But So that might be a thing as well, like to have something towards the end that you know your guts are going to be no good with, but you love the mm. just having it in your mouth and you're like, you don't have to swallow it. You can just have a bit of it yeah. because you're still absorbing some of it. The flavoring has got to be good. So that was 177K for the week. Like even for me with the gels, like if, I, if I'm doing a two and a half hour long run and I have like three gels, like I'd want to mix those up mm. in terms of the flavors, um, just so I don't get sick of it. So. I, I also anyway. tried one of the chews. So they've got these uh, chews, which are, uh, I've got a pack here. It's mint and lemon flavor. So they're like two tiny little like cubes and yeah, like 30 grams for both of them or 15 grams obviously for one. And as I was putting my, um, my, trading shoes on i wore the vaporfly threes i just chewed on one of those i'm just like this just gives me a 15 gram top up like which is half of one of those gels before i actually start so if i i now if i add that on to what i consumed you haven't tried the carb mix yet i haven't tried the carb mix mix yet no but now that i know i've got drinks because i i was hesitant to rely on drinks because i wasn't sure if we were going to get them so like Valencia, I got into that habit of being like, carry all your carbs and then pick up all your fluids and just, it might be electrolytes, it might be water, it might be soft drink. If you're out of Berlin, you get Red Bull, don't you? Like, not sure what it is. So um, I'll try that, I think, this Sunday. Um, but yeah, so if you start adding that 15 grams up, I've probably done 105 grams in the first 22K mm. of that run, which I did something similar at gold coast and that was like i did probably didn't get enough in from 25k to 40 but i felt like i wasn't bonking because i'd done the work early in the race so yeah kind of like preload it so 177ks six weeks to go and how do you feel like your fitness is you know six weeks out compared to say valencia last year or when you ran your pb yeah valencia last year or the year before now, is really hard to compare because I'd come off like a 10K and a half marathon PB. So I think I was like going into that block way fitter than I was this one. But I think I'm getting fitter. So three weeks ago, I did that 30K tempo where I went 15K at 340 into 15K at 325s. And now, and that was pretty challenging at the time. And now, like three weeks later, I've now done 30K at 325s. So I'm now hoping with another six weeks. I think I'm building nicely where I want to be. Yeah. Um, I think I'm in PB shape. Like I think I can, yeah, I did. But before Gold Coast, when I ran 220, I ran 28K at this pace. And before Melbourne, when I ran 220, I ran the same thing, 28K at this like 325, 326 pace. So to think that I've done 30K at this pace this far out puts me in that 220 window. And I'm just hoping that on a flatter course and, um, not as hot kind of thing that though, both those days I ran 220 mid that's the difference in 40 seconds and then I can get a bit fitter over those next six weeks to be you know 21930 kind of shape yeah I think doing some stuff in the relatively warm warm weather will definitely help when you get over there yeah like, yeah you'll feel way fitter and I think the race brought me up a bit as well like I think a track 10k usually like brings you up a bit so well you just I just had a bit more confidence that like I'm like okay this this doesn't all look sexy on Strava, but I think it's working because when it came to racing last week, it was like a half-decent performance. So not mm-hmm. getting too caught yeah. up in the numbers. Tell me what you've been doing. Good. 
Good week, Brady. Um, yeah, so I had a, another 100K week. Uh, so I kicked off first session was, or first run was Tuesday. Hang on, so before you start, hills. was this approved by a cardiologist? Oh, actually, yeah. So when we recorded last week, I did send Andre a text message um, while we were recording. So then he called me Tuesday afternoon and uh yeah, he said, look, I will get, he was heading away overseas for a few weeks, but he said, look, I'll get somebody from the hospital to call you and book you in for another stress test and we'll um, review your recorder info. So, yeah, he called me Tuesday afternoon, um, sort of filled him in on what was happening. I said, yeah, I think my heart's going pretty well. I said, uh, you know, I've been rolling 70K weeks, but I did uh, increase to 100 recently. He's like, oh, yeah, was that, what, you just had a bit more time on your hands? I'm like... Yeah, that plus, you know, I figured everything was tracking well and it was the start of the new year. Um, so, yeah, anyway, the hospital called me like 10, 10 minutes after I'd spoken to him and I'm, I'm locked in for the 14th of Feb to head down through. So, I've, yeah, booked flights for a day trip to um, yeah, go and do some more testing and hopefully everything's still, you know, perfect like, as it was when I did the last stress test. Yeah, okay, that's good. He wasn't like, yeah, f against it though. He's just like, keep going. He didn't tell you to drop back to seventy. Oh, uh, he said, don't do any, more, don't do any more than what you're doing now. Okay. Yeah. So no, he's, he was happy enough. Just keep doing what I'm doing, but not go any more. Um, yeah. So first session was Tuesday. Uh, yeah, it was a long hill session. So a lot of the guys now that I coach are gearing up for Canberra Marathon. So we're sort of in that 12 weeks out. So sort of like a bit of a pre-marathon block where we focus a bit more on strength. So yeah, one of sort of the, the go-to sessions for those people is five to six by three minute hills with 90 seconds jog back down. And then you just slowly work your way to the top of Mount Stromlo. Um, but because I'm not you know, training for a marathon, I thought oh, I don't need to do five or six three minute reps. So the people that weren't training for the marathon, uh, we did four three minute hills with 90 seconds jog back down and then I did five 30 second hills after that so um this was actually a pretty good session I was a little bit uh yeah I, was, I didn't think I'd feel as good as I did um and I was also quite conservative on the first rep I find this is a session where uh probably every time I've done it I've gone a little bit too hard in that first three minute rep and I find that the first three minutes of this hill is probably the one of the sort of steeper sections um and yeah, so it was pretty smooth, like paces are pretty irrelevant, but I got through like 180 meters of elevation over the 6.2K of, of the session. Um, yeah, so that was pretty fun. The only, the only issue was it started to rain sort of halfway through and the road surface is that sort of pebbly, pebbly road where it can get quite slippery. And so for the 30 second hill reps, I wasn't getting much traction because um, the road was a bit slippery, but what Other shoe you wear um, that? Uh, I wore the the RC Elite version two. Remember the, the purple one? New the Balance. Purple, yeah, yeah. Doesn't that yeah. shoe just pop up randomly, like in the weirdest places? The RC Elite one, the green one, and the two. Like, I don't think either I of love... us like we've never yeah. raced in it, but it's just like you got. Oh, actually, I have like that Eckerdon cross country road kind of like rocky race that's the perfect shoe for that mm. and it's good on the grass track it's good for the track that one's not as good for traction though is it the second no, like the no the second one traction's not as good i think that was a bit more i think that the version two was definitely a bit more of a marathon super shoe whereas 
version one was yeah it was a it was a fun shoe and i and i used that for a lot of my off-road sort of mm. undulating tempos um and i sort of use this one now as um yeah those sort of sessions i do on trails or you know it, it's a, a shoe now that if, if i'm not chasing times i'll just use it um so that's what i use for that one did you see then um, when off, off um track here but did you see that brett robinson was doing the hill reps up at falls creek in the vaporfly three like isn't that the biggest flex Everyone wants to get their hands on that shoe, and he's just on a rocky, shitty, like gravelly road, just ripping up a pair of the rare shoes that no one can get their hands on. Oh, the Alpha Fly Threes, you mean? Yeah, what did I say? Vaporfly, Alpha Fly yeah. Threes. Yeah, Alpha Fly Threes. He's just like, <laughs> this is that. This is the world I'm living in, fellas. I just use these well, as shitty, that's... like hill rep shoes. Yeah, but I guess at the end of the day, if you're sponsored, like, yeah, I'd probably do that as well. Yeah, must <laughs> have like unlimited like amount of them. Anyway. Mm-hmm. What'd you do after that? Uh, yeah, so Wednesday was my midweek long run. So I did 80 minutes, uh, four 12s out at Mulligan. So that was 19K. Uh, Thursday was a 45-minute run at Mulligan's. I went on like a slightly flatter loop. Um, yeah, I actually got pretty wet on this one because of um, the, the lower section of Mulligan's was quite wet. So there was a, a lot of puddles which uh, – so I got halfway through that loop and I was sort of regretting my decision because, yeah, feet were all wet. and uh, But that was, yeah, 4.24s. And then Friday was, um, yeah, probably like my probably my most intense session I've done since coming back. So a lot of the group are racing this coming Friday. There's a um, – remember the the Stromlo 5K on the, on the Criterium course that's yep. been going for a few years now? So that's on again this Friday. And so a lot of the group are doing that. Um, you know, as sort of, you know, a last sort of short race before they get into the marathon block or for other people just a, a hit out. So I wanted them to do a bit of a sort of sharpening up session. So we did like a 10 by one minute on one minute float. Um, I put the Alpha Fly ones on for this session. Um, yeah, the first the first pair we ever got given, you know, the black and black and green ones. You should be selling them. You shouldn't be running in those. Imagine what they'd be worth these days. Yeah, I don't know. They've done about 150k, I reckon. So I did gold. Yeah, did Gold Coast 2022. But I've nearly had. We've nearly had them for four years. You know where we got those shoes from? Yeah, straight off the back of the um, U.S. trials. U.S. Olympic trials. Yeah. I was telling Andy Buchanan this story yesterday. So for Mm. people who didn't listen to the show, Chris Cook, who works for Nike over in the states, um, it was did the story went that the U.S. trials were happening and Nike didn't want to hear any like people whinging about unfair advantage of having some kind of sh- their shoes or not their shoes so they pretty much said anyone who qualified for the u.s trials you could go to this room at this hotel and just just pick yourself up a pair of the new alpha flies yeah. um which some people did some people obviously didn't because they would have had other sponsors and then there were shoes left over and then yeah three three pairs made their way to australia thanks to our chris yeah. cook from america Goes to show how little I've raced. The fact I've had them for four <laughs> years and I've put 150k in them, and including one marathon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but doesn't that also show how far the other shoe companies have come? In that, you know, because that was that was right at the peak of the whole Nike is so far ahead of everybody else. Mm. Whereas now, like, you know, you've got Pat Tinan running 207 in Puma, in and Puma, yeah. every other every other brand has like a you know, an, almost an equivalent. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, so this session went pretty well. It was, um, yeah, like it was a relatively hot 
humid sort of morning, which like over a 20 minute session probably doesn't impact you a little bit, but you know, definitely the last sort of five minutes, I'm like, oh, this is a bit hot. But um, yeah, I averaged three sixteens for that um, 20 minutes. So the splits, so it looks like my slowest on was like 308 and my fastest on was 259. And then most of the floats were all around 330. So uh, yeah, like that gave me some encouragement. I think my watch told me that it was my fastest 5K in like 16, 16 or something. So I'll take that. Uh, so that was Friday. Saturday I did, oh, that's right. So Ben uh, Ben Wisby, my old coach who now lives in New Zealand, yep. he was back over with his family. And so um they were yes i've met them towards the back end of their runs that was yeah ben trav and and mcgowan uh so i didn't uh just under an hour um yeah 13.2k 414s and then caught up with those guys for breakfast afterwards and then sunday was um and i should say like this week like canberra's traditionally like a really dry place um but the humidity here like this summer has been quite intense and I feel like it's definitely starting to just take a toll on me a little bit like just just draining like the the nights are hot and you don't sleep that well and you wake up the next morning and like even though my sleep scores are still like in the 90s I wake up and I'm just like oh and then you finish your run and you just got like sweat just dripping off you which sort of not used to in Canberra uh and yeah sort of Sunday was a bit similar Uh, so I did two hours um 28 and a half k 413 so it was a a week of uh 101 k um so yeah like going well i feel like this week's going to be a bit of a down week for me maybe not from a volume point of view but just from an intensity of sessions i feel like i've just maybe got a little bit carried away the last three weeks where i look back to two years ago and I got really, really fit by doing that Ingebrigtsen style training where, mm. you know, a, admittedly a, a lot of it was on the treadmill. I was doing one session outside a week, which was generally either K reps, uh, short heel reps or 400s off short recovery. And then the other one was a treadmill session, which was often the six minute reps. And I just went back and looked at sort of some of my heart rate data both from the track sessions and from the treadmill sessions. And I'm definitely getting higher now. Um, And so I feel like I'm probably just, yeah, overreaching a little bit. So I'm gonna maybe just go back to lowering the intensity, um, maybe extending the length of the sessions a little bit, because it it seemed to work really well for me two years ago. So just, yeah, bit of a a reminder this last week where I'm just feeling a bit sort of banged up because 100k weeks at the moment feel like 160. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about the humidity? What percentage does it start to impact you? Like, are you saying, like, if it's 70, is that, like, going to impact your running and your workouts? What number uh, do you work maybe off? Not, uh, maybe not 70. It's more, I'd say anything above 80% definitely okay. starts to. But I, where I know is when I start to warm up, and five minutes into a warm-up and I'm already sort of like sweating and I find that just it's more that um the air's real thick so you mm. find I find it like just a bit harder to breathe uh plus just the perceived perceived heat like I'm I'm definitely not great in the, in the warmth I, I find for me anything above sort of 15 degrees and, and I definitely start to feel hot 
which then also just takes a bit of mental like mental energy away whereas when it's five degrees like you don't have any of that because mm. you, you know what it's like like the back end of sessions or runs when it's hot you just start to you know it just starts to sort of wear on you a little bit yeah so the second part of that question is let's say listeners out there are running in humidity that's higher than 80 and we have a lot of them because it's pretty humid first thing in the morning we've got a lot of blue coal listeners who are getting out there before the sun comes up how long in duration if like say if you're doing a 20 minute workout you can probably get away with it. it's not going to impact you but i'm finding these ones that i'm out there for 45 minutes 50 minutes an hour fartleks or long marathon reps i'm finding it from like 35 40 minutes on it just like rolls me it creeps up like first 25 30 minutes doesn't really impact me and then it like almost punches me in the face and it's like everything got hard really quick what do you reckon that time barrier is where it starts to affect people uh i don't know i reckon sessions that go longer than 30 minutes starts yeah definitely starts to impact yeah 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 take your hat off too I've been warming up with a hat on and just being like, geez, I'm feeling really hot. And then I take it off and I'm like, ah, a bit of airflow. Like this is, um, yeah, this is a good thing. Mm. I have been having, yeah, so was it Sunday? I actually tested out one of the Precision 30 gram gels. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, and also been having the the electrolyte tablets, which obviously with, with the extra humidity and the amount of sweating. Um, yeah, so I sort of alternate between the 1500s. So uh, they've got like, yeah, 750 milligrams of sodium. So I have, the, I have those when I, you know, sweat probably more or have like a longer session. Whereas if it's, you know, if I've sweated a fair bit, but it's a shorter duration or, or haven't lost as much sweat, I'll go the thousand ones, which is like the 500 milligrams. Ah, oh, to be honest, yeah. I've just got my box of uh, stuff here from Precision. I didn't notice there were two different options. So the one's purple, one's orange. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the so one's is got thousand, yeah. the other one's, one's got five hundred, and one's got seven seven fifty. Ah, okay. Another note I should mention as well. I have been using this on the treadmill. So like, we had the conversation about weight last week. Like trying to be on the treadmill, and then every k, I just have a sip of my water bottle with the electrolyte in it. So it's like, which I wouldn't do if I just went out for an easy double. I'd just go do a seven k loop and wouldn't take on any fluids. So I'm finding that's like, yeah, keeping me hydrated, keeping the weight on, or trying to replace what I'm losing from sweating on the treadmill. So it's a nice little. I habit always to get drink into. on the treadmill. Yeah, I always drink on the treadmill. So even, um, you know, not not electrolytes or anything like that, but I'll always have a drink bottle mm. there. And even on a 30 minute run, I'll still have a drink. Which, as you said, you wouldn't do that if you're going outside for 30 minutes. I've got a guy coaching Brisbane, and we've just kind of implemented that. That it's like for some of his easier runs, maybe it is a two and a half K, three K loop around his house and he's grabbing a pop top Mm. off his letterbox to just be like, you know, if he's doing 12 K and he's just doing three K loops, like he's getting four by 150, 200 mil kind of in, which then just aids recovery and make sure he can get through that run all good. So, um, yeah, yeah, something to think about. I've I've suggested that as well for, um, I've got a couple of people up on the sunshine coast and, you know, I've changed some of their sessions from like jog recoveries to just sort of walking or shuffling because, you know, it's like when it's hot and humid, your heart rate just doesn't come mm. down if you're jogging between the reps. But I've also su- suggested, hey, if you're doing like six minute reps, try and find like a six minute loop where you can actually then have drinks during the sessions. Um, because I like if I was living up there, I would I would struggle to be a runner. 
like yeah. <laughs> I would I'd be hating it um, just with the heat humidity it's bloody hard yeah all right I want to thank some patreon supporters uh yeah let's do it you want to do uh, I... we'll just do the two hey then we'll save yeah, one for next yeah. week when we've got a guest host with us all right I'm gonna go to the top one so I've got Evan Mannon uh, so Evan lives in Canberra and last year he ran 39.10 at the Husky 10K, 83 minutes at Gold Coast half and 3.22 at the Sydney Marathon. Um, did a little bit of digging and Evan was and possibly still is the owner of Lonsdale Street Roasters 7, which is a, yeah, a very good cafe in Canberra. So thanks for your support, Evan. Jeez, I don't know, cafe. He'd be a busy man. He'd be mm. pulling early hours. Cafe operator. Long hours too. Thanks, Evan. I'm going to thank Joe Burkett. She lives in London, but originally from New Zealand. According to her Power of Ten profile, Joe has ran 21:29 for 5k, 43:12 for 10k, 93 minutes at the 2019 Vitality Big Half Marathon. That's a pretty big one over there, isn't it? Gets big crowds and stuff. My Farrow used to rock up and win it. Um, I reckon Clousey did it one year. And um, also 321 at the 2019 London Marathon. She is a trained cardiac physiologist and a sonographer. What's a sonographer? Sonographer. Sonographer. What do they do, Croaks? Like ultrasound. Oh, yeah. And after 24 years in the healthcare industry, she went on to study a master's in exercise physiology and human nutrition at the Loughborough University. Mm. There's a track there too, isn't it? They do like workouts there. there. That's Paula Radcliffe's old stomping ground. Yeah, really. Yeah, and obviously a real strong sporting program, I think. Mm. Love, bro. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, Joe, for your support. Evan, all the Patreon supporters over there at patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast. We really appreciate your support. If this show brings you value, you can sign up for as little as $5 a month to keep the lights on. So I'd like to think, Croaks, between Road to Osaka, Inside Running, Shoe Geeks, a month's worth of those shows would be worth five bucks. What's that? The monthly? Or just, just here in Christian like once a month? Two monthly, yeah. You get a bit. Well, that's on the five buck level. That's on the that's on the mm-hmm. next next couple of tiers up. But yeah, yeah. Jeez, he's worth every cent of that. And that was a good monthly episode the other day. He's real good mates with Nick Badeau now. So he's just like, he's like, Nick told me this, Nick told me that. So he's like Nick Badeau's new right-hand man. I always thought Collis Birmingham was the right-hand man, but now it's Chris O from Norway. Toby's always good value as well. Sinead and Ali on their monthly episodes, uh, if it's bonus content you're after, we'll be providing that over on Patreon. Get the early release. So uh, the general public still haven't heard Shoe Geeks. That's coming out later this week, but the uh, Patreon supporters have heard it from a week ago. As you're listening to this show, you're probably training for a race. But how dialed in is your race nutrition? Precision Fuel and Hydration has a free online planner that you can use to work out how much carb, sodium and fluid you need to perform at your best. Then they have a range of fuel and electrolyte products to make it real easy to hit your numbers. Brady regularly uses their resealable 90 gram gels on his longer runs and the boys training for Osaka are working with their sports science team to dial in their strategies for race day. They also work with a long list of top runners including four-time Olympian Lisa Waitman, Hayden Hawks, and regular guest on the show, Izzy Bat-Doyle. Click the link in the show notes to use the planner to personalise your strategy for your next race. Then use the code INSIDE to get 15% off your first order of fuel and electrolytes and help support the show. Patreons can get 20% off using the code shared in our Patreon-only shows. Shop now at precisionhydration.com. Now let's get back to the show. 
Um, let's get into running news, Croaks, because bits happened. Takes to Houston Marathon mm. first. It turns out Pat Tiernan was running the marathon. He was, and we'll get to his result shortly, but we'll just um, rattle off the podium. So Zahir Taubi from uh, Morocco, I think, um, he ran 206.39. Sedat Ayana was second in 207 flat, and Henrik Pfeiffer from Germany was third in 207.14. But our man Pat, he finished fourth overall, but more importantly, he ran underneath the Olympic um, qualifying time, which is 28, uh, sorry, 208.10. He ran 207.45 to become the second fastest Aussie of all time. So, for reference, Brett's run 207.31, and Deke, who's now ranked third, has run 207.51. Um, his pacing was phenomenal. He went through halfway in 63.53. Uh, and these are his rankings now, Pat, from like 5K through to the marathon uh, in terms of Australian all-time rankings. So he's eighth all-time in the 5K, second for the 10, fourth for the half marathon, and now second for the um, for the marathon. So... He um, certainly knows how to perform when it when it counts. And uh, what I'm most excited about is that it now assures that we have at least two men um, on the start line now in the marathon at the Olympics, which it, was, it wasn't looking great there for a while. It wasn't. Um, Pat Tiernan did that in his second marathon. It took Deke and Mona to their sixth mm. to get into the 208s. Um, yeah. Also, Brett Robinson was definitely... Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe, or maybe not ten, but yeah, he definitely didn't hit a two oh eight in his second marathon. Wasn't surprised at all. Like Pat Tiernan is the top top of like what we've seen. I think if you put him on the track against Deacon Miner as well, over five ten k, um, he would have his natural talent. I think over the shorter distances, he should be running times like this, and it was just great to see him actually do it. Yeah, yeah, no, he. Uh... Yeah, so good to see. Um, we um, we got talking on the monthly about this. Like, we uh, we were kind of trying to predict if he was going to run Houston this time last week, and then we're talking about whose responsibility it is to promote upcoming races. Like, you know, other sports, here's the season draw. You, when your band tours around, here's where they're playing the gigs at. Massive fan of Pat Tiernan. Didn't know he was racing until the Thursday when he put, like, a little Instagram story up. Like, hard to follow the very... Like, he's gone out and done something that mm. only one guy's ever gone quicker than, and you could have easily missed it. There'd be people hearing this for the first time now. Yeah. Um. So, like, there's still a disconnect there. about. And Pat's a quiet guy. He's not going to pump up his own tyres saying, look at me, I'm doing this marathon on the weekend. Yeah. We, fig- we figured it out, though, based on the interview that... Uh, the interview I did before Zatapec, mm. I said, oh, have you got your eye on a marathon he's like yeah i'm pretty much locked in for one and i said oh can you tell us like at least give us you know what month and he when he said january i'm like well i don't really know any other sort of there's not that many major marathons in in january and you know the fact he's based in the u.s it was sort of um yeah it seemed quite obvious but then you, you know you're never sure what happened between zatapec and, yeah. and now as to whether you know is, is he still fit is he healthy um well, my but point yeah, is you shouldn't have to crack the code. You shouldn't have to be like, mm, yeah. which marathon's there? And like, yeah, I think we just need to get better at like, like, we kind of come up saying it was probably an Athletics Australia responsibility to like almost gather that information from our top 10, 15 guys mm. where you're racing. Now it's our job 
to build the hype. We're the media team. We're the social media team. I don't think it's Pat Tinnant's job to put no. five Instagram posts, but it'd just be good. And after we did say that on the monthly, they did a post like 24 hours later mm-hmm. preview. So obviously someone's listening in there, which is always good. But what yeah. I found interesting with this event, though, is I... I saw me- more media in the lead up around the half marathon than I did for mm. the marathon. So, just dis- like yeah. I, yeah, like I knew Helen O'Beary and Galen Rupp were running the half marathon, but I had no idea who was running the marathon. It's probably they love the half in Houston, and do you think they, with the US trials coming up as well, it was mm. almost like a, there's a lot of these big names going to be here. Let's, I think we undervalue as well how big the running scene is for Americans in America. So, like, if they don't have any Americans running the marathon, they're not paying attention to this Moroccan guy, who I think actually is based in America now. But it's like, if they've got all their stars in the half, that's where they're going to spend all their attention. And none of their stars are going to be running the marathon because, yeah, Yeah. the the trials are in, in like, a few weeks' time. And we see Um, it when, um, like, Boston released their women's field the other day, like how big of a deal they make about... Was it Emma Bates? Yeah, because she's scratched from the trials, but now she's going to do Boston and Des Linden and stuff like that. Like the money for those guys to be involved in their majors and how much they love pumping that up. Yeah. I might just um, whip through a few more results from here. So in the women's marathon, Rama Tusa Choda, um, she won in 219.33. And Victory Chetan Geno was second in 219.55. Um, speaking of the half, so it was generally a pretty quick race here at Houston for the half. So Jamal Aguima, uh, he won in 6042. Wesley Kiptu was second, 6043. And Milkesa uh, Toloso was third in 4058. Uh, Galen Rupp was 14th in 6237. So I know I messaged you, Brady, saying not not a great run for Galen, but then you said maybe he's in heavy sort of marathon training. But I don't know, he just doesn't seem the same athlete that he was. I don't know what's going on with, with Galen. Since he left Salazar, I don't think he's been the same athlete. Yeah. Um, but yeah. my my good friend Julian Spence would say, you don't need to run a good half marathon in a marathon build-up. That's true. So I'm going to say true. take some wise advice from him. So, But I agree, he doesn't look like the same guy. But, yeah, he's, he's targeting a race in three weeks' time, not this one. Um, yeah. Wesley Kiptu, he was second by one second do you know the results from this race the year before? No. He was second as well by one second. Really? Only because, I'm pretty sure, I've just, I've just said that off the top of my head there, but only because there's a documentary on him on YouTube. Like It's like a 20-minute documentary, and I'm pretty sure they follow him. I'll get Ross to put it in the show notes, and he pretty much gets out-dipped on the line. Um, so when I just read that there, I'm like, this is last year's results. Pretty much, um, so who's yeah, spot on? Who coat? He's who's NAZ he elite. Ah, yeah. Okay. So when I look up, um, yeah, like 2023 results, he ran Houston in. Yep, he ran it in 60:35 and comes second. Mm. What did he run this okay. year? 60:43. Yeah, and comes second. Yep. So he got out dipped both years. Um, uh, yeah, women's. Women's. Yeah, it was. Quite surprising. So uh, Satumi Kibeti, uh, she won in 64.37, beat Helen O'Beary convincingly. Um, O'Beary was second in 66.07, and Booz Dariba Kajela was third in 66.24. Uh, another interesting fact there was 
uh, Wiani Kaladi. She ran 66.25 to break Kira D'Amato's American record. So remember, Kira yeah. D'Amato broke the American record on the Gold Coast last year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this lady took about 12 seconds off. And uh, friend of the show, Callie Thackeray, ran 68.20. So good run from Callie there. Had a remarkable year, hasn't she? She has, yep. So that's quicker now than Sinead, Lisa, Ali. Not Australian mm. record quick because that's at 67.48. Jen, like she, I'm sure she was rocking up to some of the MTC training sessions and probably finding it difficult to hang on to, to some of those ladies. And now she's running. Well, she ran 2.22, didn't she? Yeah. 68.20. Yep. She's, uh, ever since she left Australia, can't really claim any credit for that. Well, it was pretty much that period just before like Com Games. Like she, you know, I think she was running quite well on the track over yeah. some shorter stuff. Yeah, she had some five k's. Yeah, she sort of that that momentum's just continued because, yeah, as you said, like when she was here in Australia, you know, she was probably seventy one, seventy two for the mm. half, like yep. around that. Yeah, she'll get it back. But you know, her um her dad was like a phenomenal athlete, yeah, yeah. I believe, back in the day. So she's got got the pedigree. She's on a Nike contract now as well, I think. She's doing going places in the sport. Hang on to your hat, Croaks, because I'll take it at Valencia 10K. Uh, this was Sunday evening our time. Toby at the Bad Boy Mendes sent me through a bit of a link, and then um, I only watched probably the last 100 metres of the women's race, and then he also sent me through some expletives after that because he was quite quite shocked at some of these results. I'm going women's first. Agnes Negetic, she's from Kenya. She was third at the World Cross Country Championships at Bathurst uh, nearly 12 months ago. She ran a world record road time. It's also quicker than the track world record. She ran 28.46. Her previous road PB was 29.26. So I've seen some people like, oh, this is ridiculous progression. No one's ever heard of this lady, yada, yada, yada. Well, she came third at World Cross. She also, Mm. I think she was sixth at the World Champs 10K final. Um, I'm, I'll look that up in a second. I'll, ha- I'll have a look now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this. on her Instagram, it's like she was pretty happy with six. Like maybe she got done in a bit of a kick down or something like that. But but it's not, it is an unfamiliar name. Like it's not a name like a Let's Embed G'day that when you see you go, oh yeah, I know who that is. But she's she's been around. She hasn't come out of absolutely nowhere. Um, yeah, previous road best was 29.26. The, the biggest shock for me was the lady in second because she was more of an unknown. So her previous best was 30.01, and she came out and ran 28.57. So she kind of skipped the 29s. Um, Emma Kite and Algo from Kenya as well. And then Lillian Rengarit from Kenya was third in 29.32. At first, I get it. I've seen it on Twitter. Everyone's pretty much calling this out as not a legitimate performance that must be aided by drugs. But if you were going to say that, I think you also need to say the same thing for the women's marathon record, which is 211, and the women's half marathon record, which is 62. And probably even, I have got the calculator open now, probably even, oh, not so much the 5K track, because this time um, is very much in line with the 211, if, if not maybe a bit slower, and the 62. So... Mm-hmm. The whole sport's cooked, which could potentially be everyone's on it, or, um, yeah, this is an unbelievable performance. Like, I don't think it's a one-off un- un- unbelievable performance. There's a few of them getting around at the moment, and maybe maybe this is just the way, way we're going. What were your th- first thoughts, Croaks? Because I often compare it to Andy Buchanan, very close with him. His, 
here's a 210 guy and a 62 guy and a 28-20 guy. I just stack up women's distance running now with whatever Andy's running, that's what they're running. So when I saw this come through, I was like, meh, just stacks up, just goes in line. Hard to believe, yeah. but that's like where we're at. Yeah, and the thing about it now, it's not like one person is running like super fast. There's a lot of them. So look, Julian will hate, like shoes, shoes definitely play some sort of factor. I'm not against the shoes, but the fact that so many people are running a lot faster than they used to, that there is an element to that, especially on the roads. Um, but, you know, potentially training, like training has maybe developed as well. Um, but I remember back in the day, I used to sort of think to myself, oh, if I, you know, if I can pretty much run what the women are running for, like, you know, their world records, or at one point I was like, oh, if I can keep up with Australians, Australia's best women, then um, that would be awesome. And then there was a period where I was pretty much, I guess, in line with like the women's world records. And now it's like nowhere near. It. I think 1500 is the only one that maybe I'm faster than, but outside of that, <laughs> slower than all the others yeah we we can't like dance around the fact as well that these women are coming from a country that is producing a phenomenal amount of positive tests Mm. like maybe that's a stereotype can't paint everyone with the same brush but it's just a basic fact so yeah but you think the testing like i don't think you can get i don't know like the drug stuff's really hard in that you think the testing's improved a little bit but have people got smarter in terms of like the the micro dosing um yeah i don't know because it's not like you know if if one person came out and ran 28 46 and everybody else was running 30 30 which is probably back what everyone used to do or 30 20 you go wow this is what's going Mm. on here but i don't know you had three on three under like 2940 uh and and you see it on the track now as well like the women that are running sub 1410 like there's there's a handful of them now whereas it wasn't that long ago the women's world record was what 1416 or something like that well they went through Um, 1413 the first 5k yeah which is six seconds faster than the mixed 5k road world record and equaled beatrice chabet's women's only 5k world record on the road from two weeks ago like that that that's mind-boggling for me when you when you think about the world record for the actual 5k on the track is 14 like flat mm. basically they're running a 10k road race they're only going through 13 seconds slower and they're doing it for another 5k it's it's incredible she hasn't faded um, a huge amount either nah, it makes 20, you, it, it, 10 seconds yeah. it goes to it goes to show though that sub 14 minutes will go this season for 5k well, oh yeah like, it, has does, to, it almost looks weak well, now well she could have like surely she could have yeah. run 13 seconds faster through the first 5k if she really wanted to if she was running just a 5k yeah i don't know if you'll see them on the track as much though like they seem to be like valencia road races they just pop up mm-hmm. and go bang 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 and then names kind of disappear maybe come back for valencia the year after or progress to the marathon or whatever it is um they're not like these aren't familiar i know they have been at world champs and stuff but not familiar names that i see at diamond leagues and stuff yeah. all the time so um oh, rengarek rengarek she was on the she was on the circuit on the track oh was she okay yeah yeah lady that finished third there yeah mm. uh the men's race was won by the world cross country champ he won at bathurst didn't he jacob yeah. kiplimo from uganda twenty six forty eight. Uh, missed the world record. There was talk about him going for the world record. Biranu Balu from Bruni, Brunei. 
Brunei was second in 26.58. And Peter Mwaki Nijiru from Kenya was third in 26.59. Man, it's hard reading out times to have 26s in front of him, thinking that's 10K. Like, that's just mm. so far from, yeah. Like, we're doing yeah. domestic road races talking about Jack Rayner winning in 28.40. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this yeah, lady yeah. would it, have beaten yeah. Jack in the majority of road yeah. races he's done in domestically. I know he'd go to a different level in bigger fields and being challenged mm. and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. What do they win Zadipek in? Like, just, yeah, you, that's, this is why you don't compare yourself to other people, Brady, <laughs> because it's, it's you know, demoralizing. Even like our best guys, our, you know, the best guys we have, even them like comparing themselves to the best in the world is still like generally a, you know, quite a, quite a step down. Um, so there's generally always somebody that's faster than you. So, yeah, mm. don't compare I guess we saw a bit of World yourself. Cross as well, like how far those boys were ahead of the Australians. Yeah. Talking yeah. about Agnes, Agnes did finish sixth at Worlds. Um, yeah. Which even then, like, that wasn't that long ago. So you got to think that all of those girls that beat her, there's five you know, There's five girls that beat her there. Like, Is that over what 10K what or they, five? That was 10. Yeah, Okay. So what, what are they? What could they potentially run at Valencia? What time did they run? It was hot though, wasn't it? Budapest. Uh, she ran thirty-one thirty-four to finish six. Yeah, I, I just don't get if you can run t- like let's guess mm. in six months. Oh, maybe not six months. But yeah, if you're a twenty-eight forty girl, why are you sitting in the packer maybe waiting for a kick down in a slow race? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just don't think too much about it, Brady, because it's sort of I don't know. It's hard to think when you, you know, it wasn't that long ago that you go, oh, yeah, I'm just as good as the best girls in the world. No, well, <laughs> I'm not thinking about, mate, I'm a hack on a podcast talking about running every week. I'm more thinking about, like, what does Rose Davies think? Or is he about Doyle? Like our Australian track, ten Jen Gregson, like our ones who can, Lauren Ryan, <laughs> like, what do they, when they wake up and go, oh, okay, I'm trying really hard to break 31. But it's probably, the, and, yeah, and that's the problem with, the sport for our country is that Australians love, well, you know, everyone loves a winner mm. and it's very hard for people in our country to win at, you know, in distance running when yeah. you've, you know, you, you've got women running 28, 46. So, you know, if, and if our Aussie girls or Aussie men aren't winning, they're not going to get, you know, publicity. They're not going to get sponsorship dollars. TV aren't interested so like that's that's the problem with without with our sport, Brady. We are just not that good on the mm. world stage, which which then leads to other problems as to, hey, why why don't our athletes make good, a decent living or you know yeah all of that all of that sponsorship dollars. That's why Norway is so unique. Like for a small country like that, and having world champs or not world champs, or Olympic champs. Yeah, the, that's the why it goes to show like you look back, you know. You know, like obviously when Deke was world champion, it's like this, there probably wasn't the amount of Africans. Um, but, you know, Benita, what, 2006, to win world cross, like that's that's incredible when yeah. you consider how hard that is to win. Yeah. All right, some more news, Crokes. Right. Takes the 2023 Athletics Australia Awards. Yeah, so they had these awards last week. And so just from a distance point of view, the male junior athlete of the year went to Cam Myers. Um, Coach of the year for junior athletes went to Dick Telford. And official of the year went to Jared Ryan, who was um, yeah, the race director at last year's World Cross. And, um, yeah, does a lot for the sport, like particularly here in Canberra. Like every 
every meet that's on, he's he's there um, running the show. So congratulations to them. Another bit of news, uh, speaking of Norway and the Ingebrigtsens, uh, Jakob has confirmed that he'll not compete uh the indoor season this year so he won't be at world indoor champs um he's been battling an achilles issue and wants to focus on the olympics and the european championships so uh, you know we often see this time of year his uh instagram where he's in um oh where is it it's in spain arizona or somewhere oh yeah yeah oh yeah usually goes there over the new years yeah i went there okay russell chin was training at that um when we, after Berlin in 2017, I went Sierra up to Nevada. that training centre. Is that where the beer is? Or is that America? Yeah, I think it was there's Sierra and a, yeah. Anyway, he's not going to that training camp. Chriso's a bit worried about him. Chriso went into a bit of detail in the monthly about what he where he reckons Jacob's at, and just I just sensed a bit of concern in his voice. Mm. So just just a bit of a watch there. Uh, the 2024 Chemist Warehouse Summer Season of Athletics. There was an announcement last week that um, the partnership is going to continue with Channel 7. So you'll be able to watch all the track meets on the 7 Plus platform. Our DMs always light up whenever there's a big race on. So uh, here's the answer now. If you want to watch these races, you need the 7 Plus app. Good that they held on to this because they do not have the Olympics. Mm. Correct, Crooks? Channel 7. Yeah, I've been seeing all the, all the ads on Channel 9 plug in the Olympics while so, the um so that during the tennis. No Tams and no Bruce, no Dave Colbert at the Olympics. Who's doing the commentary? Unless they, well, I don't know, unless they somehow contract I guess themselves. Depends. Nah, you'd I guess be locked to the network. Could be an opening here, Brad. Get Moose there. He was on SEN this morning. Well, I don't know, but do you reckon, um, do you reckon Tamsin's locked to Channel 7 or she has some contract with AA and, like, she can e- easily move around? don't know. It could be an opening, that's all I'm saying. Because I'm trying to think She'd be locked Channel to Network. Nine's, Channel 9's athletic sponsor, um, John Stephenson, does he do, does he do one of them? Yeah, he's on, yeah, he's definitely Channel 9, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. If anyone's got a connection for us, help us out. We've got, a, we've got some fellas who can get in that commentary box. Whatever you're paying them in Paris, we'll, we'll take half. Hey, you're the one that's been in the commentary that's box lately. Saying, out of you, we could go to Paris. We could go. Did you eat Moose on SEN this morning? He was brilliant. He was, he was pretty good. Although, I'm going to say they asked him, oh, were you surprised by this? And then Moose was like, oh, no, nah, not at all. And then in our chat, he's like, oh, yeah, no, nah, he'll run about 210. Pat Tinnum won't <laughs> run quicker than 210. That's what he said earlier last week. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was funny. Sierra Nevada, you're right, Brady. That's that's the um, training altitude camp in Spain that they go to. That's where the beer comes yeah. out of, isn't it? You ever had that yeah, beer? Yeah, there's also like, uh, I haven't had the beer, no. I think that's it. I could be wrong, though. Well, there's a, there's a Sierra Nevada, I think, ranges in, in the US as oh, well. Oh, that's where the beer would come from. It's definitely yeah. a US beer. I think Moose used to drink that when he was at Chico mm-hmm. State. Yeah, that so, makes sense. That yes, makes sense. Cal- California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon his uh, coach... He'd be a big consumer of that. What was his coach's name? One of the best interviews we've ever had on this show, early days. Chico State head coach. Yeah, Gary. Gary Towns, that's it. He'd be yep. sip a few of those, I reckon. Uh, mm-hmm. Got some news about Maragami Elite Fields. So we've got Australians there, Sinead Diver, Brett Robinson. Uh, we've got a Kenyan, Alexander Matuso, who's ran at 57.59. I also think Matuso has got a really quick marathon PB. But was not mentioned in their shortlisted team for Paris. Did you um, 
did you see like they announced like they got 10 guys and he's like oh, really really quick my computer's just loading at the moment and he was left off their shortlisted team of he's run 20311 at Valencia 2023 and he's not in there shortlisted we're going to pick a team from these eight guys How's that? So he's going to go to full, he's going to go to Murray to take on those. Charlotte Purdue's going to be there. She got announced, and uh, she's going to have a bit of competition against Sheila Chepchkarui. She's the fastest in the field with a PB of sixty four thirty six. Interesting. No Jack Rayner. Sandra Mullins running, but um, you know, no Jack. Mm. Wonder, yeah, what, I wonder what Jack's plans are for the he's, next. He's a half six marathon months. man. Yeah. Did you know? Um, I was talking to Andy about this yesterday as well. The cross-country trials, like we world crosses this year as well. So yeah. like that's going to come around pretty quick. And it's going to be seeing like if many guys just go, hey, I'm focusing on the Olympics. I don't want that as a distraction. Yeah. So maybe well, Jack's women, thinking that. I think the women's team will be the one that will be quite depleted because a lot of our top Aussie marathoners will have a marathon around that time. Around the time of the trials, or when well, are world? Well, when are well, the champs? Worlds are in March. Oh, so yeah. you know everyone, everybody that's doing like Osaka or the Nagoya. Yeah, Alwes, Ali, Jess potentially. Yeah, um, not sure whether Sinead's even interested in cross. She doesn't seem to be that interested in cross a lot of the time. Um, so you know, if you still have your Rose Davies. Um, yeah, but like you know, that top tier, that next, that top tier there won't won't be there. Like, well, from the marathon point of view, anyway. Mm, yeah, good observation. Also, wondering we're talking about Kenya and the drug um, announcements out of there. Whatever happened to that? We're going to name fifty names at the end of November. Well, that was my question to you that I put in here, Brady, because know, that was one of like, well, I don't know if it was your whisper. No, I think it was before whispers that, even started. It was whisper, I think maybe it was like a news article. Yeah, but. That was meant to be like end of November, I think. Like, yeah. what? It's gone quiet. A few, few brown paper bags have been handed over and it's all gone away. What's... There was one last week. Did you see the one? She tested positive, banned for four years, and then also it was abnormalities in her biological passport. Mm. Got four years, come back, and then tested positive. Um, it's yeah. got another four years. Like, but that, she but had that, two bands. But that article that we read out, it was like be ready to be shot. Yeah. Like it was what, going to be some sort of big name and we've heard absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, so watch this space. Watch this space there. Listen to question. Which one you want to go with here? Uh, we'll go with the top. We'll go with the top one. Um, so it's in relation to the marathon. So high weekly mileage or long run distance, which is more important? And that question comes in from Hey Thomas on, uh, on Instagram. Good question. Yeah. Probably depends a bit on who you are, how much time you got, what other life stress you got. Because he's kind of saying, mm. like, yeah. if I can smack a long run every week, is that better than me trying to fit as many mileage in on my week? That's what he's really asking. Mm. That's the way you're reading this? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I look at it, say, let's say, for example, your weekly mileage is 100K. Um, I, I would say that having, so running, you know, making that, uh, hundred K up of all 10 K runs is not going to prepare you for the marathon as well as having a 30 K run out in that hundred. Hmm. So I, I generally, 
yeah, I generally work more towards, or even like if, if you're doing a heap and heap of mileage, but you're doing it in really short runs, I don't think that's as valuable for the marathon as having being out there for two and a half hours. So for me, it's still more more weighted towards the long run distance as opposed to the, the mileage. The mileage helps, but I think if you're not having a big long run, you're not going to be prepared for the marathon. Yeah, that's the most important thing you're putting into your week when you're training for a marathon. It's, yeah. That's the one you want to hit, yeah. 100% agree, and that's what I meant about, like, imagine trying to fit 10 by 10K runs in with a family or with a job. Mm. Like, yeah. whereas there's a lot of people who listen to, like, weekends are when they've got to um, go big on that Saturday morning and Sunday, and they might get 25 30% of their mileage in that one day, which I think is okay if you're training for a marathon and you go and that's the one day I can focus and I can get away from the kids or away from work or with my training partners for two and a half, three hours and put that big piece of hay in the barn. And then the rest kind of just complements it. There are other factors in that, you know, potentially somebody, somebody's body's not ready for 30K runs. Mm. So, you know, so we're assuming that this person can actually manage a 30K run. So I would say that a 30k run is more beneficial than a heap of 10k runs, adding you know adding up to slightly you know even if you ran more mileage per week running just lots of like 10k runs I don't think that's going to prepare you as much for the marathon as say running a little bit less mileage but having one run a week that's 30k. A lot of people at the moment, especially like paying a lot of attention to people doing Osaka, and I'm listening to Road to Osaka this morning when I'm jogging. A lot of people would be looking at their week and looking at their training block as if, did I hit Wednesday and Sunday every week? And they're not too fussed about what adding all the recovery jogging, what kind of mileage adds up to. So like, it's really about, hey, in the 10 weeks, did I get eight big Sundays and eight big Wednesdays? I'm ready to run a marathon. Not did I run 120 or 140 or 90 or whatever kind of case you're trying to push out. That's like sometimes I don't even know how many Ks I ran until I've got to recap this and look at my Strava kind of thing. Kind of just constantly topping it up. But the most important things at the moment for me in my marathon block are nailing Sunday and Wednesday. We look at Moose. So if we look at Moose mm. as this example, if if Moose like if if high weekly mileage was the thing that was going to make you a better marathoner. Moose would potentially focus more on running more miles, but he's not. He's focusing on running a good long run on Sundays and probably another bigger session in the week. So, yes, like it'd be nice to have both. It'd be nice to have a good long run distance as well as good overall mileage. But I think, yeah, the long run wins overall. And you probably don't want that because where it can hurt you is if you're trying to cram in as many miles as you can handle potentially on the off days then it impacts the quality of your workouts or the quality of the long run and you can't get to those paces you want to Musso, he has got a history of like he's he's probably ran some decent mileage for 10 years which he'd be probably accessing a bit kind of thing so yeah and that's where a lot of these questions it's like there's no blanket answer it does depend on the situation a little bit yeah um yeah it depends on who you are kind of thing because um, I actually had this, I had this discussion with somebody on the weekend about how many k's would I like right now? How many k's a week could I 
do like well, what's the minimum amount of k's i could do per week and still run a pretty good marathon and i sort of came to maybe like 120 but it's you got to be creative with what you you know how you budget that 120 out so for me it would be all right i have a massive sunday i do like 36 37 k some weeks just easy some weeks maybe some quality in there i would probably have another big run midweek like another hour 45 two hours i would probably have one longish session in there if, if i wasn't doing a long run like a long run session on the sunday so they would probably be my three big days and then everything else would just be filler hmm. be whereas, so you go oh whereas if you know i i can run 120k training for you know like well, you know 120k was probably what i used to run when i was training for five and ten k's but it was made up of a hell of a lot you know smaller runs smaller sessions doubles there's no way that that 120 prepared me well for a marathon but i feel like the 120 that i just described with those three big days that would prepare me pretty well for a marathon yeah i think sometimes mileage is overrated as well and people like obsess too much on it like i might often have the question with our coaching stuff like oh do you think i can get up to 100 100k a week and it's just like I'm kind of looking at like, can you handle the, well, a lot of people will be on that Tuesday, Friday workout with the Sunday long run. Like it's kind of like, are you hitting the paces we think you can hit on the Tuesday and the Friday and you can do the long run and still have a bit of running left in your legs. And like, is your life in a good balance of like your family and you're not, you know, burning the candle at too many, too many ends kind of thing before I start looking at like chasing K's and chasing mileage. So yeah, I think focus on the quality first and then, um, Think about the mileage to complement that, but not the other way around. Do you want some whispers? I've got so many whispers. So many, so many yeah, whispers. Right. I've been in Melbourne for two days, Croak, so like two separate occasions in Melbourne. So the whispers were coming in thick and fast. But I now have to like walk... It's like the, the king, kingdom, ki- kingdom of whispers, whispers yeah. when you get to the big smoke. I know, you get the big smoke, you get in the super box of the tennis, things like that. But I did have to, like people were starting to get a bit cagey around me, like how much they can say. Like I just felt like a couple of people like withholding information. So I had to just say like, hey, nothing we say in this box today is going to be in the oh. whispers segment of the Inside Run podcast this week. But I'm hearing a whisper. I uh, heard on road to Osaka this morning, get your notepad out. Uh, Liam Adams, Osaka Marathon potentially. Um, is he back Doyle? No marathon, potentially, but going for the track to maybe get the time. Maybe someone gets injured. Maybe Jess and Ali don't sneak in in front of her or Aloise as well and could be an opening there for the marathon. Um, no marathon for Brett Robinson, but potentially a big, big marathon towards the end of the year he might do after the Olympics. Um, what else come across my desk? I think that's about it. Any of that shock you? Oh, the, the one about Sinead Diver doing... Um, Ballarat last week. I think he got that one wrong. I think that one, yeah, I think that that didn't land. But that so some of these ones could be incorrect as well. But that's just what's coming across my desk. Another one. I'm not sure if it's a whisper or if it's common knowledge that um, Joseph Deng no oh, yeah. longer being coached by Ronaldi. Did you hear that on the monthly? That was a no. Was I, did, a, I haven't yeah. listened to the monthly. Okay. No, I I heard it through other sources. Yes. So it's it's obviously not much of a whisper now. It must be more of a confirmation. Well, my source that told me that one last week um, actually went through his Instagram and he's actually unfollowed Justin Rinaldi and the Fast Eight Track Club. So I don't know right. what terms he left on. He is the Australian eight hundred meter record holder, and you'd mm. like to think that that environment would have been good for him. Like him and Pete Bowl used to be like. Whenever you see one, you'd see the other kind of thing. So, Do you know who's coaching him now, though? 
No, I don't. Like, is he training with the Canberra group? Well, I heard that um, Templeton. Oh, so he's got a coach, his, his manager. His manager and also Peter Bowles' manager is going to coach Deng. Which yeah 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 yeah. Protect, yeah. Who's, we, is we, it we, James we, Templeton? We, Justin James. Yeah. James, which is an interesting dynamic, isn't it? You've got so Peter Bowles' manager is now coaching his competition, but I guess it's no different to um, like Nick manages Pat, but coaches Brett. So you know Brett and Pat are obviously compete like they compete against each other, mm. but Nick manages and or well, manages and coaches Brett just manages Pat. But yeah. Yeah. That's who I, that's who I heard was coaching. Has he got a history of coaching? Dunno. Like always been big dog manager. I was yeah. talking to a manager yesterday as well and I'm like, would you be like willing to come to the show for an interview to tell us how it all works behind the scenes? He's like, Yeah, I'll come on. I'm like, so, right. yeah, might have it. Big dog agent manager. Um yeah, talks about he was telling me how some of like the deals work and stuff. Because some managers have um I'll ask him about this when I have him on to clarify it all. But some managers have rights over the full athlete, if that makes sense. So if it's like, say, say I manage you and I've got you your um, ASICs deal, then if you if another manager was to come to me and say, hey, I can also get Croaks a sunscreen deal, I would then say, yeah, but I need my chip of that as well. Mm. Like I say, so, yeah. But you can take your ten percent, but I also need ten percent of that, and Crooks gets his eighty percent. So they have okay. they have ownership over any deals that comes to that person. Yeah, yeah, okay. which I thought was fascinating. Um, anyway, and I've got one moose on the loose here. Thanks to all the people who uh, wrote in last week, apologising for putting their kids onto um, Strava. <laughs> I'm gonna start the hashtag. No kids for kudos. Um, a lot of people apologising there. I was uh, I was only directed at a couple of people, but a few people wrote in saying, "Yeah, got it wrong. Shouldn't be using my kids for that." So I really appreciate that. But this one on Sunday, Croaks, really got me. Probably more of a talking point. Um, finish my workout, go to the servo, get a big M, like pretty cooked after running thirty k at that three twenty five pace. And you read the instructions on the big M that says "open other side." Like you know what I'm talking about. A lot of Australians will know what I'm talking about. International listeners, this is a chocolate milk chocolate milk in the carton open other side now we're living in 2024 how can they not have a carton that can open both sides mm. you know what i mean it's just like it's just a bit of a frustration they've got to turn it around it's a first world problem i know but it's just like really like we've got carbon plates and shoes and you guys can't design a carton that opens at both ends so brady i don't drink milk from a carton um do those cartons still have the option to put a straw through the oh, side. Remember, they used, yeah, remember yeah. they used to have the holes where you could oh. put a straw? And it is, used to be super soggy and you're like, yeah, square. I don't know if that would Do work have, anymore. Do they have with, that on a, I don't know. Yeah. I'll have to check. I'll have yeah. to check. Maybe that's why they put it there for people frustrated. It's like, look, you can't open this side, but you can open the other side or you can put a straw through the middle. Yeah. But it used to be real soggy, didn't it, when you were trying to get the straw through? And now all the straws are cardboard. So it's just mm. like maybe the cardboard straw doesn't go through there. But I just thought, like, willing to work with the brand, Big M, if you're out there listening. But I just, it was more of a, like, a just pondering. I'm like, how? How can they just not make the carton open both sides? And it's like a real, it's almost a threatening warning. Like, do not open this side. Like, this is the wrong side. You've got to go through the other end. So. You can always just get it in a bottle. I could. Screw top. Not as good for the environment, though. Single-use single plastic. 
like to, like to put in the recycling and be in the carton. All right, Brad, what's coming up? What do you got coming up? Uh, so I'm going to go and do a session this afternoon down at Browley, actually. I think I'm um, going Browley. to go do some three-minute. Yeah. What, just along the coast there? Just, just... Oh, just, um, there's a, well, there's the some park. nice straight, ro- straight roads. No, like go in in maybe one street from the beach and you can get pretty much like a K on a straight road. So I might do some three-minute reps with uh, Matt Johnson. Matt, Matt Johnson lives in Browley. Yeah. Go to the brewery there and pick up a few beers. Yeah. Some good beers maybe. in that brewery, um, yeah. And then, yeah, back to Canberra Thursday. I'll head out to Stromlo and watch that Stromlo 5K on Friday. It's a Friday night meet, event. So You weren't tempted that. to go around yourself? No, I just feel like, although, I'm, although I've am i been doing some of my sessions, you know, not far off sort of a race effort, um, I just feel like it's probably not sensible to get on the start line and I don't know. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll save it till I go and get this testing done. Yeah, do some, uh, get some coaching stuff on there. Hey, we've got a bit of an announcement, thanks to Mizuno. Um, they've organised a Mizuno collab with the Road to Osaka people or anyone who's trained for a marathon or anyone who wants to do this training session. It's going to be like an open training session. So we know that some people are a bit secretive, don't like anyone just rocking up to their training sessions. But this is for anybody out there that's in Melbourne or around Melbourne who wants to travel to Melbourne on Sunday the 4th of Feb. It's going to be at Albert Park. Um, there's going to be a set start time, which is to st- simulate the racing conditions of like actual having a start time you've got to be on the start of the workout for. So you can kind of time your, your breakfast and travel times and, you know, go under the toilets and all those kind of things for. And then there'll be a um, designated workout that's still getting sorted. Moose is going to be there. Reese Edwards is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Craig Appleby, who I raced at um, the 10K the other day, is going to be there. Michael Marantelli, a past interview, who's going to Osaka, is going to be there. Anyone you want to know, you want to tell, um, get there as well. Maybe if you're prepping for Ballarat Marathon or you're going to another marathon overseas, or you just want to do a long workout, this could be the place to be. It will probably be something croaks. I'm not sure if Moose has set the workout yet, but three weeks out, it's probably going to be something pretty meaty. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes with something by like 7 by 3 k but whatever it is, you could um, you can alter three by seven k. What did I say? Seven by three k. Seven by three k. Yeah, the other way around. Um, yeah, you can yeah you can jump in for half of it. You can jump in for most of it. You can jump in and out of it. But the idea is to uh, start together. Uh, there's going to be a bottle drop off, so the Mizuno are going to look after us and put out tables and stuff to pick drink bottles up from. It's going to be from a six forty five warm up. Um, for a like 7.15 workout. Hopefully everything's wrapped up by about 9.15. Um, you can test some Mizuno shoes. I think they're going to have a whole heap of like Mizuno Rebellion Pros there to test out. So everyone is welcome. Like it doesn't matter who you are, what ability you're at. If you want to come down and do your own session in there, warm up together, do that. If you want to come just watch uh, Moose put a couple people to the sword in the workout, you can also do that. So it should be pretty good. I think Precision Hydration are going to have some like samples of stuff for people to use as well. Uh, on the nutrition tables and not like the start or finish there so have some more details in the next couple of weeks but that's going to be fun i'm so looking forward to getting into a big workout in a pack of people and i'm just hoping i've already said to zaka someone is probably going to run their race that day and it's not (laughs) going to be me because i've already flagged it i'm like stay relax brady Good initiative, and uh, you need to be finished by 9.15 because it says here autographs with Brady at 9.15. So even oh, yeah. if you don't want to run that, that day and you just want to come and get an autograph 
from Brady, just be there at 9.15. Straight to 9.15, yeah. That's going to be fun. So I'm going to the surf coast, I reckon, next weekend, Croaks, for a workout, and then I'm going to Melbourne the weekend after. So I've only really got one more, like, week of, like, grinding away solo, and then I'm down there. So it's going to be good fun. And logging a, logging a few Ks. Yeah, I've been catching the train. Did in, I tell you that? No, nah, I've been getting on the train. So, like, Victoria's got this thing now where you can travel anywhere on a train for 10 bucks. So um, it's pretty cool. And then, like, I, I actually don't mind driving to, like, Albert Park and things like that, but I hate driving in the city and worrying about where you're parking and you're doing those hook turns, like a real country kind of conversation here. Um, so I just drive to Bendigo, get on the train, and then I just watch Netflix or read a book and then get off and walk to where I've got to go. So good. So convenient. So, But I'm home now for, like, nine days before I go down the beach. So it should be good. We're done, Croaks. We got through it. 90 minutes. Good episode. Didn't even need Moose or Ali or any other filling hosts. But we'll get one for next week. Well, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll just wait for all the, all the poor feedback now. Nah, uh, sucks with just two of you. You need three. You need Moose back. Nah, it'll be fine. Nah, Moose is fighting his own fight over on Road to Osaka. He's got that all under control. They're on the rails. We're just slightly going off the rails a bit, but we'll get it back on the rails next week. Thanks for listening, listeners. Right, See you next week. See you, Craig. Good luck with the training this week. Thank See you. Ya. Bye-bye. Doesn't matter.